My brothers and sisters in the Lord, I remember that when I was about 10 or 11 years old, I went with a group of my friends and we were at a state park in the Northeast. And one afternoon we were there swimming in the river and jumping off the little rocks that were there nearby the river. And as we were swimming, all of a sudden, we looked and we saw this big cliff on the side of the river, probably about 85 feet high. About 75 feet on that cliff, there was this little ledge. And so we thought it was going to be a wonderful idea if we got on that little ledge to be able to jump into the river. It was going to be so very exciting. And so in order to get there, we had to hike through the bushes and the brussels in order to make it finally to that little ledge. And then all of us, about five or six of us, we were standing there on that little ledge. Now, from the water to the ledge, it looked like fun. From the ledge to the water, not so fun. And so everyone was getting a little squeamish about jumping off of that ledge into the river. The first kid, he backed out. The second kid, he said it needed a little more time. And then it was my turn. And I remember looking, my stomach was turning, my legs were like rubber. And I looked down there, 75 feet, and I thought, well, if I have to go down by hiking, I gotta go through all those brushes and bristles again. So I might as well take a jump. And so I did. I jumped off of that little bitty ledge on that cliff. And I screamed. I screamed so much that all the air came out of my lungs and I had enough time to breathe in again and scream a second time before I hit the water. I tell you that story, my friends, because in life, oftentimes, we are on a ledge. Oftentimes, my brothers and sisters, we are on that ledge, and oftentimes it is God who's saying to us, jump! Embrace the adventure. Respond to the call. Risk it all in following me. Don't count the cost. Don't live in fear. Because you see, my brothers and sisters, what we learn from the gospel today is that fear can be paralyzing. Fear, my brothers and sisters, often prevents us from truly being the disciple that the Lord desires us to be, to truly fulfill our vocation, because we're held in the bondage of fear, and we don't dare step off of that cliff. Look at the disciples. St. Peter often gets a bad rap here. Because oftentimes, for this particular gospel passage, we think of Peter and him sinking. And where was his faith? But before we beat up on St. Peter, I want you to think about this for a moment. What about the other 11? They didn't even dare to get out of the boat. They stayed there. And you see, my brothers and sisters, oftentimes, that's where we are. The storms in life are buffeting the boat, are buffeting our lives, and God is asking us to move, to go forth, to respond, and we're there quivering in the boat, held in fear. 
How do we get out of the boat? What allows us to move forward? Well, the first thing we have to remember, my brothers and sisters, is this. We have to, what I like to say, dispel our delusionment. Dispel our delusionment. And what do I mean by that? Well, look at the disciples. They get in this boat and a storm comes on the sea. And you've got the waves and they're probably going back and forth and maybe they're seasick, who knows? But what do they do? Jesus is approaching them and they go for the worst case scenario. It must be a ghost. We're in this particular situation now and it's only going to get worse. Now we have a ghost coming after us. How many times, my friends, are we like that? Whatever our situation is, we imagine how bad it's going to be. We never look on what God is doing. We always look and we imagine in our delusionment that it's going to get worse. From the frying pan to the fire, we place ourselves. If you ever notice, if you watch some older movies, especially older suspense movies, if you really watch them and you think about them, the directors and the producers, they gave you all the events that were going to lead up to the tragedy. But they never ever showed you the actual tragedy. Why? Because they knew human nature. They knew that you and I could fill in the blanks of what was going to come next. Now that's not today. Today they show you everything. But these before, there was this understanding that you could fill in the blanks. And human nature as it is and fallen as it is, we always go to the worst case scenario. How do we overcome this delusionment? How do we get out of the boat? We need to know Jesus. And I don't mean that we just need to believe in God. Certainly that's a start. But we need to know him. We need to have a relationship with him. We need to understand the grace that flows from this altar. We need to spend time with him in the adoration chapel. We need to open our Bibles and meditate on his word. We have to have that relationship. I was speaking to someone and they were telling me how they teach federal officers to detect counterfeit bills. Some agencies, what they do is they sit the officers in a room and have them count regular bills day in and day out. And as they're counting these regular bills, eventually they slip in some of the counterfeit, the phony bills. And after so many times of counting real currency, they're able to right away detect the counterfeit. Not because they studied the counterfeit, but because they studied and they knew what real currency looked like. That same is true for us. So many times we're studying the storm and our problems and our trials and our tribulations that we don't know Jesus. We're in that disillusionment. But if we know him, and we trust him, then we're able to step out of the boat. The second thing we need to remember, my friends, after we dispel our, dis our disillusionment, we have to dispel distractions. Because the devil loves distractions. To distract us from the ways of the Lord. We see that certainly with Peter. Peter gets out of that boat 
Jesus says to come, and he is walking on water. But what happens? He gets distracted by the storm, and he begins to sink. My friends, sometimes when we do get out of the boat, we get all caught up in the distractions. And sometimes those distractions are the obvious things, the obvious distractions, the problem itself, whatever is before us. And we look at it and we say, God cannot be greater, but he is. But we lose that connection. I remember when I started seminary, I was there on Carrollton Avenue in the city. And I remember one day my car wouldn't start. And so I thought it was a dead battery because nothing would come on. And so they came and they came out, but they figured out it wasn't a dead battery, it was that one of the cables came undone. And the guy from AAA said, this is not unusual in New Orleans because of all the potholes in the street. You drive on the street and things become unloosed. My brothers and sisters, the same is true in our spiritual lives. We get disconnected from our Lord. We get disconnected from our prayer life. We get disconnected from God's will. And we begin to sink. And sometimes, my friends, the distractions are obvious, and sometimes they're subtle. My grandmother always used to say, if the devil can't get you mad about something, he's just going to keep you busy. And that's true. Because if he keeps us busy on all these other things, it distracts us from our mission and ministry, from our vocation to whatever God is asking of us because we're always focused on something else or doing something else. We're distracted, my friends, and we never fulfill what God is asking us to. So after we dispel our delusions, after we dispel our distractions, then we need to dispel our doubt. And you see, my friends, oftentimes it is our doubt that either causes us to remain in the boat or causes us to begin to sink. Because God seems so distant. God is not listening. God is not doing it the way I think it should be done. And we start to sink in the sea of life. Notice something interesting, my friends. When Peter begins to sink, he says, Lord, save me. And Jesus brings him back into the boat. But notice, my friends, that Jesus did not calm the storm before he brought Peter back into the boat. If you look at Scripture, he calmed the storm after. Because sometimes in life, God will calm the storm. Sometimes in life, the storm is going to rage, but we have faith that God walks with us amidst the storm bringing us to safe harbor, even if it continues to wage around us. And so that's why the disciples are able to say at the end, truly, he is the Son of God. It's a statement of faith that God always provides. My brothers and sisters, as we continue our journey as disciples of the Lord, let us remember that it is our fear 
that often prevents us and hinders us and keeps us in bondage to fulfilling God's call in our life. And when God says jump, we need to jump. When God says to embrace, we need to embrace, even when it means to embrace the cross. And we always have to have faith that God walks with us. Never forget Jesus' words from the gospel today. Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid.